Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. I want to welcome uh, each and every one of you this morning. Certainly glad for your presence. Uh, appreciate your attendance here. I'm thankful also for the prayers on my behalf. Uh, Jordan, for those songs, uh, words around the table. Um, certainly great that we can be here and worship our God. You know, as the last song said, we're in a fight. And it's not a battle, it's a war. And it'll be there until the end of time. The good news is we already know how this war is going to end. We already know. And we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because He made us that way. And I want to talk about some of the teachings, the doctrine, if you will, uh, that we as believers, as a church, a body of believers, and then we as individuals should incorporate into our lives that we can stand on. We can stand firmly and know that it's the truth. That we can use this same doctrine, these same teachings to help other people. To influence their souls for good and for salvation. I want to tell you something. Get ready for this phrase, doctrine matters. Doctrine matters. Our souls, our eternal salvation depends on doctrine. You know, today I visit with people pretty frequently. Um, well, not today. I have for a long time. But I have the opportunity to visit with people about religious matters and their beliefs and their understanding about how we should live our lives and what that's based on. What informs us in terms of how we should live our lives and what's important to us. And I will tell you that a major uh, reason that there's so many differences of opinion or so many different teachings or doctrines out there is because we use different sources of authority. Now, not too long ago, I preached about the Bible and it being our source of authority because it is the Word of God. And I'm going to camp on that again this morning. It is the Word of God. The Bible is the complete, revealed will of God, and it is a source of all God-approved doctrine. Brethren, if we go anywhere else then we're turning to something or someone other than our eternal judge and our Savior, our God and our Father. And our soul is in jeopardy. If we allow society to dictate to us how we should live our lives, we're in peril. Because society's views change over time. You know, I recognize that with this beard, it makes it a little challenging sometimes with the technology. And they're telling me when they, by the way, it takes three people to get me ready back there. And I appreciate their efforts, I do. And they're adjusting things and they're like, look, your beard is getting in the way. And I thought, you know what? Not too many years ago, beards would be the standard. If you were a man and you didn't have a beard, you'd be the odd one out. In fact, if we go back to the old law, Brother Mark, it said that we're what? Supposed not, not supposed to cut or trim the corners of our beards. Every male was supposed to have a beard. Part of the law. And now, most of us don't. 
So we have to make allowances for that. Changes have been made. You know what? It's not in doctrine today, is it? It doesn't affect our eternity. The Bible is the complete revealed will of God. There's no more revelation today. The Bible is complete. It doesn't need anything added to it. And it is a source of all God-approved doctrine. So what is doctrine? Well, let me just stop here for just a minute. So normally what I do is I put every scripture I'm going to use up on a slide. And I intentionally did not do that today. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to encourage you to grab a Bible if you didn't bring one with you. If you don't have it on your cell phone, there's one in the pew in front of you. And we'll go to verses. And if people are actually turning pages, I will give you time to get there. Because that's the way we used to do it, Brother Mike, back in the day. And because I'm old, and I prefer that, I'm actually going to do that again this morning. I think it's going to feel good. So let's go back and do some of that. What is doctrine? Well, Christian doctrine refers to the specific teachings of the Bible on various subjects. Doctrine is our teaching. It's what we believe. It's our core things, our core values. So oftentimes, biblical doctrine will conflict, as we know, with worldly doctrine. It happens all the time. Jesus addressed that in his, seven, uh, uh, his letter to the seven churches of Asia in what we call the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 15, he's speaking to one of those churches here. And he says, Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. You mean there's doctrines out there that Jesus hates? Amen. And Jesus said, the doctrine that I teach comes from who? It is not mine, it comes from my Father who sent me. These are the words of God. It's the Creator's doctrine. It's the Father's doctrine. It's His teaching will and words for us. And anybody, any way that we deviate from that, brethren, we're in error. And Jesus hates that teaching. And I want to get that out there. Jesus does hate certain doctrines. In the book of Matthew chapter 16, we see a very interesting story here. We see actually where Jesus talks about he's going to build his church. And oftentimes we'll go and we'll pare that down to just a few verses, but I want to start in verse number 13 because it's kind of neat, the story, how all of this is set up. The scripture says there, when Jesus came into the region of the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What's going on around me? What's a gossip trail say? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And here's the great confession. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, or you are the Christ in the New King James Version, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this confession, right? On this rock, I will Build my church. Brothers and sisters, that's doctrine. Whose church is it? 
Now, I hear that discussion all the time. I want to invite you to come to my church. No chance of that. I don't want to go to your church. Because there's no salvation in your church. You may be a very nice person. But I want to go to Christ's church. Because that's where the saved are. In the church. But it's the Lord's church. And He gets to set the doctrine for that. You and I don't sit around and go, Hey, what are the rules for people getting in this church, Kevin? We're going to vote on them. Because God adds people to the church. And he got to decide what the rules are. We call those the gospel. Or the gospel conditions of salvation. We know there's doctrines out there that God hates. But Christ's church follows his teachings and his doctrine. So what if I don't follow God's doctrine? Why is it important to follow Christ's doctrine? And you notice I'm using those terms interchangeably. God's doctrine, Christ's doctrine. Because they're one. They're absolutely the same. Well, one of the reasons that this is important, first of all, is in 2 John, let's see, there we go. In 2 John chapter 1 and verse 9, we're going to come back to that other slide. 2 John chapter 1 and verse 9. John is writing a letter here and he's warning us of a lot of things that are coming on. But he begins there in saying, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. That's what I'm trying to depict up here. If you've got the doctrine of Christ, you're a believer. If you've got the doctrine of Christ, you come into grace. If you've got the doctrine of Christ, you have both God and Christ with you. I know that because God tells me that in 2 John chapter 1 and verse number 9. Well, what happens if I don't? Then I'm following the doctrine of the world. Brother, I only got two choices. It's the doctrine of God and everything else. And if I'm following the doctrine of the world, I'm an unbeliever. I hear folks all the time coming and go, well, I'm a believer. Really, what do you believe? Well, if they don't believe the doctrine of Christ, then they're deceiving themselves. They're also in transgression. They're in their sins. They have not touched grace. And who do they have? Satan and his demons. Not God and Christ. Isn't that sad? So that would beg the question to me, how do I know, or how can I know, that I'm in Christ's church? Well, it's very simple. It's the one that follows his teaching. And uses Holy Scripture for its authority and has since the beginning. In Acts, there's a couple of verses here, Acts chapter 2, and then we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, probably familiar to everybody here, verses 41 and 42. Peter had just preached the first gospel sermon. And it's contained there in Acts chapter 2, and I love that when he finished, Brother Mike had said, and with many other words. You know, I've had people come up and go, our sermon should be short. Look at Peter's sermon. It was only this long. No, the Holy Spirit only recorded that much. Because this book would have been about twice the size. And Peter began with many other words and he testified. Oh, that we would testify today. The very same thing. With many other words. In Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41. 
Many souls have been baptized. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. God added them to the church, to the saved. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And we see here the church right here. Notice it's Christ's church. That's a biblical name, by the way, the church of Christ. And it shows his ownership. And we as a church are his bride. should be a pleasure for us to wear his name. It's a badge of honor. And that's not given to just anybody. Only to those that God adds to the church. We see as believers and followers, and I put that because that's important. We're not just believers. We better follow Jesus Christ. John 14 and 15 tells us, Jesus speaking says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You're going to follow what I'm giving you to do. You're going to follow my doctrine. We're believers and we're followers of our Lord and Savior. And notice that church right there began to be added to. And what did they do? They followed the apostles' doctrine. In Ephesians chapter 2, Beginning in verse number 19, we see some more guidance here that God has given us through the Apostle Paul. He says, Now therefore you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. You've been added to the family of God. You're part of His church. And God did the adding. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. That's what we've got. That's what you and I are a part of. Brothers and sisters, other religious organizations do not have this. And I'm sad. I wished that they would become a part of that. But I'm going to tell you something. Doctrine matters. It always will. Doctrine matters. Verse not up there is Ephesians chapter 4. We can begin there in verse number 11. And this again is the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. He continues to talk to us about the church and about things that are important with us in terms of the church. In verse 11 he says, and he himself, he himself, Jesus, Gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And we see again how that's laid out in the Lord's church. Brothers and sisters, we cannot follow the apostles' doctrine if we don't know what it is. It's important that we know what this Bible teaches, what the Word of God informs us. And once we know that, I'm going to tell you, I believe that life gets really simplified. People look at me and go, boy, that, that Bible makes things hard. And I'm like, no, it makes it easy. There's a whole lot of things I don't even need to concern myself with. If I follow the doctrine. Let's take a look at some of the world's teachings out here. And again, I'm going to tell you, I believe... Doctrine matters. We looked at Matthew chapter 16. We saw 13 through 18. We saw the confession of Peter. And we saw that Jesus built his church. 
And I'm going to tell you, any other source of information you use out there is another doctrine. I don't care what it is. There are other religious writings out there. I've read the book of Quran. I didn't read it in the original tongue because I don't speak Quranic Arabic, nor do I read it. But I've read the English translation of it. I've read other religious writings, and I'm not trying to bash people's religious beliefs. What I am trying to do is point you towards the correct doctrine. And that would be this Bible. Any other doctrine out there is based on something other than the Word of God. That's where the world comes in. We're going to hear all kinds of things out there. It's amazing to me, and I put just a few up here so we spend a little bit of time. I don't want to get heavy into these doctrines right now. I hope that everyone here is familiar with these doctrines, at least a true doctrine, not necessarily a false doctrine. But I hear very frequently out there about reincarnation, the Eastern mysticism. It seems like that's, a, that's kind of a big deal today. People want to go in and dabble in that. The Bible warns us against that, by the way. People talk about, hey, if I come back in another life, what form would I be? And I'm thinking, you're wasting time. Because Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this what? The judgment. There's no coming back as a frog or a mosquito or my sister-in-law. I don't need to spend my lifetime and my effort on that. That's kind of like saying, what would happen if I hit that over a billion dollar California lottery? I can tell you it would be an absolute miracle. Because they typically don't allow me to win a lottery without ever having bought a ticket. I'm never going to buy one, Brother Mark. I don't want money that way. If God wants me to have money, I promise you, I'll get it. He doesn't need a lottery to get it to me. There's a reason why I don't have a billion dollars. It's because I can't handle it properly. I'd be in trouble. You know, we, there's a big push today, and I was very sad when I went down to see my oldest brother, who lives close to uh, Abilene down there, and it's the home of Abilene Christian University. And in our discussions, and he had some newspaper clippings about four congregations down there had welcomed women into their elderships. And I'm sad about that. Not because I'm a woman hater. Not because I'm a misogynist. But because I'm a Bible believer. When I hear about that, I can turn to just one scripture that talks about that. That would be 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12. There's others. The scripture says, I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over the man, but to be in silence. This is talking about in our assemblies, right? Absolutely. We understand that. Timothy and Titus both tell us that an elder is supposed to be what? The husband of one wife. And I will say emphatically that no woman can be the husband of anyone. And that's biblical teaching. Regardless of what society would teach us. It seems like my entire life I've heard about evolution. Now I'm old enough that it was actually taught as a theory back then. And brothers and sisters, it's a scientific 
theory. It's one that has never been proven and cannot be because I'll tell you it's not truthful. But there's all kinds of theories out there. We can have those. And I'm talking about macroevolution. I'm talking about where Charles Darwin actually said that we came from apes. I've had people tell me, oh, he didn't say that. I bought the book. Origin of Species. I used to could tell you on what page it was in that particular book. He does. And I've heard that we came from a pool of amino acids. And just the right things happened out there. And a one-celled organism when we all evolved from that. I don't need to hear that because I've got a book that tells me how that happened. In Genesis beginning in chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning, there was nothing before the beginning that we see today. Anything that existed before the beginning that we know is deity. That's God. God alone preceded what we see and we live. In the beginning, God did what? He created. Did He create a pool of amino acids? In chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, The Lord God created man from what? The dust of the ground, not a pool of amino acids. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You know what? I don't need to spend a lot of time on that. I don't have to understand all the science behind that, but I do understand that God did that. And I understand that that's accurate, and any theory that we come up with that contradicts that is wrong. So how much time do I need to spend on that? I'll tell you none. God's already predetermined that for me. Here's one that I'm running into a lot. Have been for a while. And this is that our children really don't need parents to tell them what to do. First of all, they go to school and they're at school a whole lot more than they're, they're at home. That's the school's responsibility. They need to be teaching the children right and wrong. They need to teach them the morals. But I read a book that says differently. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but raise them up in the training and admonition, or the teaching and admonition of the Lord, the doctrine that starts right there in our homes with parents teaching our children. We're in a war. We are. We're in a war that's coming out trying to dilute the doctrine trying to dilute the Word of God. And parents are on the forefront of that war. You're battling that every day. And God bless you for standing in the gap and teaching your children the true doctrine from the Word of God. You know, there's doctrines out there that teach that a human being growing in a woman's body is nothing more than just a part of her body. There are doctrines out there that teach that images of wood or stone, the stars in the sky are gods that we can go out and worship, and it goes on and on. There's even a movement today, and it's starting to gain traction, that the Bible is nothing more than a book that was written by men. It has no more authority than any other book written by men. I want to help you with that for a little bit this morning if I can because this is helpful to me. Men penned the Bible. 
They did. And they did it as God dictated the word to them. Now get this for just a minute. We just looked at Genesis chapter 1, and we can go in, uh, go on and continue to look at that scripture. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Moses wrote those words. How did Moses know that? He was not alive back then. And he testified to the fact he was not alive back then when he did the generations. I'll tell you how he knew that because God said, Moses, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Write that down. And Moses wrote it down. Is that Moses' words? That's God's words. Now I've had particular positions in my life where my boss said, Chris, get a pad of paper and a pencil and come in here. And he would dictate to me, and I would go and type up a letter with his signature block at the bottom. And I would edit it, and I would look for content, and I would do all kinds of stuff, and he would say, no, exactly as I dictated it. Roger that. I would do that. I would take it back in. He'd sign it and would ship it out. Now, whose words were those? Well, I can tell you now they weren't mine. They were his words. I wrote the letter or typed it, but they came from his words. And no matter what man penned these words, they came from God. And doctrine matters. Why would people attack the Bible? It's very simple. If you can get rid of the Bible then there is no ultimate authority out there. There's nothing that in the day of judgment when I die, I'm going to stand before and have to give account to myself about, or for myself about. There's no God out there. There is no judge. And I can do anything I want in this life as long as I can persuade society to agree with me and it makes it okay. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what society concurs or agrees with today. It matters what God agrees with. We're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Thank you for the reading, by the way. Tanner, appreciate that. Beginning there in verse 14. Paul's writing a young evangelist, Timothy, here, and he says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you learn them. Well, who'd you learn them from? And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Those scriptures can make us wise to be saved. Brother and sister, we don't have them. We're hurting. We don't have what we need for salvation. And I'm going to say there's two people up here. And I want you to look at them because they're missing a lot of stuff. There's a whole bunch of things that can be filled in. I'm not an artist. That's why I had to go get those. I had to change my background because I didn't know how to color all that stuff in. But I want to look at chapter... 3 verses 16 and 17. For Paul said that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. There you go. That's where Scripture comes from. And it's profitable for what? Number one, for doctrine. Yes, it is. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto what? Every good work. That he might be complete. You know what I'm looking at here? Two incomplete people. There's not a lot there. What I hope is they look more like that. The guy on the, is that your left? It is mine. Yeah, on your left. 
And notice what he's got in his hand. He's got a Bible. And I'm going to tell you this. The man of God is always going to have a Bible. He's always going to have the Word. He's always going to have Lord's doctrine in his life. If he's not, he's not truly a man of God and he is not complete. Young ladies, you're looking for a man. Look for a man of God. And if he is a man of God, he's going to know doctrine and he's going to have that Bible all the time with him. He's going to study it. And by the way, young man, if you're looking for a godly woman, same thing applies. Notice the man of the world over there, he's without it. And you know what? He will never be complete. Never. Not without that Word of God. No one can be complete without the Word of God. We continue on here in chapter uh, 4 because we end chapter 3 with verse number 17. So we go right into chapter 4. Sounds like a lot of reading. It's really only 8 verses. Beginning of verse number 1. Paul says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. To be instant in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching with doctrine. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Let me tell you something. We have two options here, brothers and sisters. We've got sound doctrine and we've got fables. Anything out there that teaches anything contrary to what this book teaches is a fable. It's a story. And it's not a good one. A fable is something that's made up. It may be based on some truth. I've heard some doctrine out there that has a little truth in it. But we don't want a little truth. We want all truth. And that's what sound doctrine is. Sound doctrine says in the beginning God created heavens and the earth. The earth without form void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Spirit of God hovered over the waters. That's sound doctrine. That's what happened. God spoke and what? The dry land appeared. God spoke into existence this world. That's sound doctrine. I don't know about you. I heard that in the beginning a dot exploded. It could be as small as the period on the page you're reading. Really? That's amazing. Because the only place I read that was outside the Bible. What about man evolved from a pool of amino acids? We already know that God was created, or that man was created by God, and Scripture is God inspired. It's amazing to me how people like fables often will go and it says that they're going to do that because they're doing what? They're chasing their own desires. They're going after what they want as opposed to what God would have us to do. I want to take a look in the book of Revelation because we talked about doctrine, the fact that it matters, and we talked about that it, it mattered for us eternally. In Revelations chapter 20, beginning at verse number 11, the Bible says, And I saw a great white throne. He's talking about the judgment scene here. Jesus giving this to John the Revelator. A great white throne and him who sat on it. 
from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Their sound doctrine. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. You know, there's doctrine today that says there's no hell. The majority of teaching on hell was done by Jesus. Isn't that amazing? He spent more time on that than any other person. And people want to say there's no hell. He wanted us to understand both the goodness and the severity of God. The goodness and the severity. There's an option for us right there. And brethren, if doctrine doesn't matter to us, that's where we're going to go. But sound doctrine does what? If we continue reading in Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, that's the church, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I don't know a whole lot about what heaven is going to be like, but I know if God is there and we're, we're in his presence, it's, it's better than we can even imagine. I don't know a whole lot about what hell's going to be like, and I don't want to know. I don't want to be a part of that. But brothers and sisters, we have clearly two choices set before us, and the whole world has the same two choices. And where we spend that eternity is going to be based upon the doctrine at which we live our lives. Now, we've talked about doctrine this morning, how it affects us collectively as a body of believers. We've talked about how it affects us as individuals. And I would encourage you this morning, and please take this encouragement with you, that wherever you go, whatever you do, with whomever you speak, remember that that doctrine matters, and our eternal souls depend on it. If there's one here this morning who is not a part of the Lord's church, who has never followed that form of doctrine, the gospel, wherein we come in and we imitate the death, the burial, and the, Jesus, and, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ through our 
Faith, repentance, confession, and baptism. You need to do that. Moreover, if there's one here this morning who desire the prayers of the church for any reason, please come forward and have a seat while we stand and sing the song that's been played. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.